first question. Tell me one thing you do to create your best year ever. I meditate. Oh, I love that. And is this something that you have done your entire life or how long have you been doing this? Because meditation is one of those things. And I know from my own experience that I had to hear it over and over and over again until for the hundredth time I was like, listen, if I don't take advantage of the opportunities that I hear these people that I aspire to do things like who say, hey, meditation is something you might want to consider. Maybe I'll just try it on for size myself. I did little baby steps. It's been part of my practice for decade. Mine's been probably four decades. I started really young, so it's been a long time. And welcome to Best Year Ever, a podcast designed to inspire growth and impact so you can create your best year ever. And I'm your host, Rob Cressy. And joining me today is David Shiner. He's a meditation teacher, transformational life coach, speaker, and author of the book, Train of Transformation. David, great to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Rob. It's a pleasure to be here. So you and I, David, have known of each other for a while now because both of us are part of Jesse Itzler's Build Your Life Resume community. And through that, we're also part of the Big Ass Calendar Club and these communities co-mingle. And you, like me, uh, we're very, we share a lot. Our journey, ways to help people with both of us being coaches thinking similarly, and I'm excited to have this conversation because I was thinking about how I wanted to show up today in preparation for this, and the number one word that came to mind for me was energy. I know that you have a specific energy that is so warm and loving about yourself, so that's how I want to set that intention for the start of this show. I'm feeling the vibe, Rob, just from you, and by you saying that, I'm in that space, so I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. So what we're going to talk about today is two things, transformation and finding one's purpose and gifts. And both of these things are near and dear to my heart, as well as the way that I coach and live my life. And let's actually start with finding one's purpose and gifts, because I believe the transformation part will happen within this conversation. And oftentimes people say, hey, Rob and David, um, how do I find my purpose or why I am here every single day? I've thought about it, but I don't really have anything like you where you knew you were all in on something and you feel it and I'm just not feeling that purpose. How can you encourage people to find that purpose? The first thing that I say is that your gift is very simple to know. It's the thing that you do the absolute best with the least amount of effort. Although the problem is most people want their gift to be what somebody else's gift is. They're looking at other people and say, well, they're doing that. I think I could, for example, I'll start a podcast or I'll become this. I'll do that because I see so-and-so doing it. So just because they're doing it and they're receiving joy, happiness, and fulfillment from whatever that X, Y, or Z thing is, doesn't mean you will. Listen, Rob, there's 7.8 billion people on the planet, and there's 4 billion of them that work. 
90% of those 4 billion people on the planet that work can't stand what they do for a living. When they wake up in the morning, they get sick just thinking about going because for most people, when they already know how much money they can make, they already know how far they can go. They hit this proverbial glass ceiling. So that leaves 10% of the people that work that love what they do. There's a specific formula for people to follow to engage on this journey of finding their gift, which is actually their gift finding them. Yeah, and, and I love this because for me, this is something that when I look back at my transformational journey of finding my purpose and my gift in the world, this is something that came natural and easy to me. So for the longest time, my dream was to work in sports and be creative, and I wanted to get paid to talk about sports for a living. But unfortunately, that is not the way my path in life went for a decade. When I graduated college, I was unemployed for a year, and then I had a series of sales jobs for the next 10 years that I continually, as you said, moved up the ladder, shorter commute, more money, didn't mean that I enjoyed what I was doing. And all through this, I would sit there and I would write sports blogs. So I wrote about sports for free for 10 years before I made a single cent talking about sports. And why did I do it? Because I did not need to be paid to talk about sports for a living to do it. I just loved talking about sports. And from that, my passion grew and grew and grew until I got to the point where I said, I would regret it for the rest of my life if I didn't give it a shot at making my dreams happen. So for me, I knew it. So what I would sort of summarize this is a, a gift or your purpose is something that you would do into perpetuity, irregardless if anyone would ever pay you for it, even though you doing it is the way you get paid for it. Exactly. I always like to say to people, because I, I speak all over the country at major colleges and universities, helping undergrad students find their purpose. And listen, Rob, what you just said, you hit the nail on the head. I have students come up to me after I speak and they say, Dr. Shiner, I always thought about living an out of doors life and teaching people how to ride horses. I want to write poetry or be an author or a painter, whatever it might be, an artist. But as everybody knows, you can't make any money that way. And I say, well, you go do that and forget the money. Because when you focus on the money, that's not going to bring you the joy and the happiness. It's doing what you love and loving what you do that's going to bring you the joy and the happiness. And there's no amount of money in this world that will bring that for you. Because when you make the amount of money that you think is going to bring you that fulfillment, it doesn't bring it. And then you're going to keep wanting more. And that's that's the trick that the ego plays on us. It's always wanting more and wondering what's next. And David, I think there's something very important that you said that you can do the thing that you love. And a lot of people think of this as a binary, a one or a zero. Either I'm getting paid a full-time job to do what I love 
or I'm not doing it at all. Whereas what we've learned in Build Your Life Resume and through Jesse is the ability to stack and design your day every single day to do more of the things that you love. And when I look back at my um, pre-entrepreneurial journey, when I was working the jobs that I did not like, I didn't have a lot of things that I stacked that I loved, certainly not in the beginning of the day. That was a zero. I did not wake up and have anything in the morning that I would consider, ooh, I love doing this. No fitness, no meditating, no journaling, no gratitude, no reading, no self-cultivation, any of these things that would create a better version of myself. And then on the back end, it would be more extracurricular stuff, whether it's golf or volleyball or basketball or some activities. And I would sprinkle some of those things in. But a lot of what I would consider my happiness was attached to partying and having fun without realizing that, wait a second, you can take 30 minutes on lunch and go and free brainstorm for a while. Like right now, the version of me, I love being creative. I love sitting there with my thoughts and ideas and giving that myself that gift of 30 minutes. So think about how you could give yourself the gift of dot, dot, dot. Insert the things that you love. Exactly. And it comes in the form of asking oneself some key questions. And I'm going to go ahead and pose some of them right now. The two most important questions that any human being will ask themselves during their lifetime is, number one, what do I want? Nobody asks themselves that question because they're following the money, which is not a problem. Listen, there's nothing wrong with money. You and I know that. We can have a great life. We can provide for ourselves, our family, and for other people. But number one, what do I want? The second question is, what would that do for me specifically. So you get clear on what you want. Then you ask yourself, well, what would that do for me specifically? That which I want. And then there's a few more questions. What do I desire? What makes me itch? Again, what if money were no object? How would I really enjoy spending my time? Rob, you and I both know that most people go to their grave with their greatness and their magnificence still inside of them. The graveyards around the world, six feet under, contain the most amazing unpublished books, unpublished plays, some of the best musical pieces, dreams, ideas, talents, abilities that were, never came to life because people were too afraid to step out in front and they remained in their shadows of other people their entire life. So David, the one word of the thing that I wanted and I've created when I went from my old life to who I am now, and this is going to get us to the second part of what we're going to talk about with transformation, is the word freedom. It's not money because there is omnipotent amounts of money, but freedom is what I wanted. Freedom of time, creative freedom, freedom of choice, financial freedom. And there's a difference between saying financial freedom and money being the only thing that drives me because for me, I wanted the ability to wake up every single day and 
I get to determine every single aspect of my life because I was coming from a life of that being the opposite of which I was living. So once I uncovered this, and for me, this is the transformational moment when a many, a series of transformational moments when I left my corporate job and went all in on my dreams and went to $0 overnight, no relationships, no revenue. No one knew that I even existed in this industry. It's where I learned self-awareness and it's the gift that I would love to give everyone because for me, this is the transformational moment of all transformational moments. It changed my life. When I realized I was in charge of every single aspect of my life. Oh my God, Rob, that seems like a lot. No, not when you get to design it and it's fun and it's from your image. So by design now, I'm creating the ideal world in life that I would like. And then the second part of this is along these lines, that's where I adopted a growth mindset where I am not fixed in this position. I can always make things better. So when I combine self-awareness with a growth mindset, it absolutely transformed my entire life. The glue that brings those two together is the word that you used in between both of them, which is creation. Most people on this planet are not in creation mode, they're in competition mode, competing with the other people around them to get higher up that proverbial corporate ladder because that's at the top of that ladder where the pot of gold is going to be. And people in corporate America don't care whose shoulders, who, whose heads they're climbing on top of to get to the top of that ladder. There is no ladder. The growth comes from within, and that freedom experience that you had is both yours and mine drive to help more people to get to that beautiful place. That's, that comes from creation, and also transformation comes from having that recognition that I do have some unique gifts and talents that I came here with that I want to bring to the world. So it comes from identifying, making a list of what do I love? How do I really enjoy spending my time with what things do I enjoy doing? Who do I enjoy situating around me? And then setting healthy boundaries, man. Setting healthy boundaries is so important. Maybe you'll probably touch on that in a minute. However, I want to give the framework for transformation, which is identify what you love. What do you love spending your time with, period? Make an exhaustive list. The second component is what are you uniquely talented in? Because if you're amazing at crunching numbers and you enjoy sitting behind a computer screen, I doubt you're going to be out in front on a cruise ship leading tours for people on the Bahama Islands. You know, like get in touch with what you love to do and what you're uniquely talented in. The third thing to identify is what does the world need? The world needs people that love what they do being talented at it. That's what you can be paid for. Forget about what is going to make you the most money. Don't have that be the carrot that you're running after. Identify what you love, what you're talented at, and what the world needs. Because the world needs people like you 
that love what they do, man. And David, one of the declarations I speak out loud every single morning to create myself is I am that the world needs more of me because while we are living in this sea of freedom, self-creation, and the life we love, that doesn't mean that every day is puppy dogs and rainbows. That, like anything, now we are in the game. We've got the at-bat to create this life that we love. And things are not given to us. They are created by us and through us and for others. And I know from my own experience One of the challenging parts of this is when you're all in on your life and your dreams and the life that you love, you feel it and you wear it so much. And if the results don't happen at the rate in which you would like to see them, all of a sudden, now we're dealing with our self-talk or our expectations or the self-limiting beliefs, which becomes the next level of this transformation when you can start to own the conversation with yourself. But I know for myself, when I had one of my friends, when I was sharing the journey of what I was creating, and it was actually this um, I Am Great personal growth program that I just recently launched. And she said, Rob, the world needs more of you. And I wrote that down, and I'm like, that is going to live with me forever because she gave me the evidence in the world. I already believe in myself, 100 out of 100, but to have somebody else say it to you, that Rob, the world needs more of you. It was such a gift of love for myself that I soak in every single day. Oh man, I'm feeling so good right now just being here with you. I'm inspired, empowered, and motivated right now. So let's, let me give you a little bit more nuggets to add to this. And that's that transformation is a choice. Transformation is a choice that we make every moment because we're, as human beings, we're pre-wired to think. And most of the time, those thoughts are not empowering and they're self-limiting for most people. So transformation is a choice and so is happiness. And we choose to be happy every day. So one of the things, and I haven't shared this in a long time, and it's because of you that I'm going to, Rob, so thank you. And that is, I encourage everybody that's going to listen and watch this is to take a dry erase marker. And in the upper right-hand corner of your mirror that you see two to three times at least a day because you look at yourself, right in the upper right-hand corner, whatever color that you choose, the words, today I choose happiness. It's as simple as that. We have to remind ourselves on a daily basis that we're choosing to be happy because happiness is a choice and we're only as happy as we choose to be. Nobody else can make us happy, but we can choose to have other people around us that will add to that happiness that we already have within us. And then as we, you and I, and the BYLR Calendar Club community, we can come together as a united front and spread this happiness virus, if you will, through humanity and It will be amazing, but I want to just complete this line of thinking with 
our thoughts create our emotions and our emotions then create our moods. If one does not enjoy the mood that they're in, they have to trace it back to the emotions that they have, which was created by the thoughts that they're thinking. So it all starts with the thoughts and we have to program our thoughts so we can think in an empowered fashion day in and day out, man. David, you, my friend, are speaking my language because my entire coaching practice on the personal growth and the mindset side of things is literally based around this. Yeah, we're building a roadmap for freedom, self-creation, and the life you love. But the power of language and your ability to design a boot sequence for yourself that says, these are the most powerful versions of myself, the stories I'm going to tell myself, so that when I rinse and repeat this with the power of consistency, I know that every single day I'm showing up as the best version of myself. And David, I have two things for you around happiness. As I look right here, sitting on my wall, is a picture that says, happiness is not a destination. It is a way of life. That people think that, if I do X, Y, and Z, or if I get X, Y, and Z, I will finally be happy. And I was on uh, a, a pre-coaching call with someone who had just left their job to um, live their dreams of starting their own company. And yeah, Rob, it's going to be challenging for the first year or two, but once I get some funding and then we get a few more employees, then I can be happy. And I almost fell over in my chair. I was like, stop. I was like, if you are you're putting your happiness off for several years for a series of things to happen, you are never going to be happy. You're never going to be happy because happiness is a choice. And then the second thing for this, David, so like you, I understand the power of consistency for this. So another one of my declarations, the most powerful declaration that I have is... I am the happiest person on earth, shining my light on everyone. And with this, through my own transformation, I felt into this. But I had to learn that we can all choose to be the most powerful version of ourselves. So David, you could be the happiest person on earth, and I can be the happiest person on earth. But until I self-discovered that for myself, I questioned, I was like, all right, I believe this, but who is the happiest person on earth? And I was like, I actually don't know. There's not a current title that I see like, and now coming from the United States of America, the happiest person on earth. It's like, whoa, there's that person over there. Like it's the president. So, all right, that doesn't exist. So I'm like, all right. What does the happiest person on earth do? Like if I'm going to quantify who the happiest person on earth is and I'm like, well, every single morning I speak out loud, I feel into and I visualize myself as the happiest person on earth. And I've done this for years. And I'm like, that's probably at least one of the things that that person would do. And I'm like, do I know anybody else who's currently doing that or claiming that? And I was like, no. I was like, am I the happiest person on earth? I am the happiest person on earth. And boom, in that moment, and I was walking my dog in the West Loop when 
all of the dominoes started to fall and I was like, I am the happiest person on earth. But then it got solidified. So my entire life, my dream was to have a son. And my wife was pregnant and we had our gender reveal and we popped the balloon and boom, out comes blue confetti and I'm just the happiest person. I'm so happy. And it's about an hour or two afterwards and I'm having a drink and I'm just sitting there. There's people at the table, but I'm sort of in my own zone soaking all this up. And I said to myself, it is not possible for another person on earth to be happier than I am in this moment. And just like that, all of the transformation and all of the belief and the identity of myself as the happiest person on earth, all of it completely not only made sense, it's who I am for the rest of my life into perpetuity. It's so beautiful when you have an unraveling experience that way and then you remember who you came here to be for the world, which is a mirror of happiness. You are a mirror of happiness. So people can see themselves in your reflection. And I want to add to that for a moment. Happiness in a quantifiable example of other human beings that I know that are the happiest people on earth are little kids on the playground, running around, swinging on the swings, going around that little merry-go-round thing that the kids are racing and then jumping on and going up. Remember, when you were a little kid and everybody that's listening, when we were little and it was a hot summer day and we were on the neighborhood playground And we went down that hot metal slide that the sun was beating down on. And that slide was 115 degrees. And my butt was on fire. When I came off that slide, I didn't cry and go run to my parents to complain about that hot slide. What did I do? I ran right back around, climbed up the ladder, and went back down that hot slide. Because what mattered to me was the word that you used before that defines this entire call which is freedom. In that experience on the playground of our youth as children, we are free. But what happens when society programs us to live a life according to its rules, to chase happiness through green and white paper, or through a job that most people are going to go to hate every day. So when they're 90 years old, They have what you said before on their deathbed, which is regrets, because they didn't live the life that they came to live, which you just talked about when you pop those things and the blue came out and you felt that happiness that you came here with. Happiness is inside all of us, but it's covered up with layers of dirt and dust and mud because we unlearn happiness. Man, I love this call. And thank you so much for all of this. It's fantastic. David, this was phenomenal. I enjoyed so much being with you. You've got such good energy and perspective. And one of the things that I love to say is success leaves breadcrumbs. 
in success, we all get to create what our own version is of it. And when you look at people, I'm very successful because I choose to live a life of freedom and happiness and doing the things that I love. To me, that's my version of success. You have your own version. But David, you're doing a great job of leading by example to show people what's possible because all of the transformation and purpose and gifts and choice, all of this is already inside all of us that literally right now, you can choose to change your entire life if you would like. So thank you very much for being a beacon of light for that. Uh, you're welcome. And can I say one thing on that before we close? Yeah. And that is people know that they have this inside of them. Although the fear that people have to break through to recognize that greatness that's within them, for most people, it's insurmountable. You and I both know that it's not. And we know that on the other side of everybody's biggest fears resides their greatest freedoms. And when you follow your bliss, the universe will open doors where there was once walls, brother. Yeah, and I'll leave with this, a quote that I heard from Jamie Foxx. You know what's on the other side of fear? Nothing. David, love jamming with you. Where can everybody connect? Instagram is at Shiner David. It's uh, Shiner, S-C-H-E-I-N-E-R, David. I'm on Facebook. And then they can also find me on um, Amazon for the Train of Transformation. Pick it up. As you can tell, David, such good energy, and I would love to hear from you. Number one, what is your purpose or gift in life? I would love to hear about it. You can hit me up on Instagram or LinkedIn at Rob Cressy, and if you've listened to this podcast or watched this uh, video series for a while, and anything that we said inspired you, and you want to dig deeper in your own personal growth and transformation and creating that freedom in yourself. I would love to be a champion for you. Hit me up, rob at robcressy.com or check out our personal growth program, I Am Great. You can go to robcressy.com backslash I am great.